I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt. And my butt smells. And I like to kiss my own butt. Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Ryan Chesko. This pod is loaded. Too much. Too we much. have so much we, to bring. Honestly, we might as well just cut out some of the games that aren't worth talking about. We will be very, very brief on Watford West Brom. Yep. Worry not. Good. However, we're going to do everything to entertain you over the next, I don't care how many minutes it's going to be because it's going to be good throughout until the Watford West Brom game. Turn off your timers, cancel your appointments for the next however long. Exactly right. Just sit back and let this wash over you. Now that you've started this, you've got to let it finish. And here's the deal. We've got fantasy half points like crazy. In fact, Dave, I, yeah. I, I contacted you via Slack yeah. over the weekend. I said, Dave, at least for this week, the late season lull has passed. I'm so excited about some of the storylines that took place over the weekend, fantasy the, and non-fantasy related. Those godforsaken Olympics are over. They're over. I'm going to be handing out honorary, meaningless fantasy half points like a grandpa hands out Werther's. Oh, that oh, warms my heart. It's going to happen. You've got a points per pound update that's going to shock and awe all of us. Shock and awe update, Brian. But uh, first, uh, we're going to do something we've never done before, Dave. Yeah. We're going to kick it to Brian. And before we get to a single match, we're doing How to Say with Brian J. Because we've got to set the record straight. I thought this was just the apology tour. Well, it's both, Dave. <laughs> this, oh, okay. is, this is the first time this has ever happened, and let's hope that this is the last time it's ever happened. <laughs> Agreed. It will ever happen. Dave, you might as well just Hey, get... I want this to be noted that huh? before we do this, we officially will do something that the NBC pronunciation guide will never do. Which is admit we are wrong. That's correct. If paper could talk, maybe it would. Someone, <laughs> someone puts that together, and someone is... All the time, incorrect. Well, Dave, the music for this segment has to be one of my two errors last week, which uh, is... I was going to say, it has uh, to be, right? Jesus, by elbow. Jesus is a Rochdale girl by elbow. <laughs> <sighs> what did you think what? it was? Well, I'll tell you. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> As I quickly alerted our podcast to, after we recorded last week... I done goofed. <laughs> I, I was temporarily hacked by Russian bots, and I propagated 100% fake news about two things. Not only was I incorrect about the song title from that band, Elbow, a band I claim to love, uh, I was incorrect in my pronunciation also then of the glorious, beautiful, idyllic town of Rochdale. Uh, Rochdale. Uh, I know it's egregious because the guy who tells people how to pronounce things <laughs> pronounces it wrong. Okay, okay. all right. It's, it's like asking Zlatan and Jose Mourinho for their collective insight on how to develop greater humility. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I go again anyway. It's Rochdale, more like crotch 
I guess I was trying to dignify it slightly more by making it sound like roach. <laughs> and, hey, as the old saying goes, even if you're 50% sure, say it with 100% confidence. That way you're nearly certain never to die alone. <laughs> but 100% confidence still made me 0% correct. So to make amends, not only is the music for this segment the song I got wrong, I have given myself two punishments. Whoa. This is monk-like self-flagellation here. Uh, I ha- First, I'm making my admission, uh, this a, a formal Fantasy Soccer FC podcast admission of stupidity. Oh. And I'm taking the, the text of that from one of my favorite television shows, The Simpsons. Second, I'm reading a portion of the Rochdale main facts section from the Wikipedia article about <laughs> Follow along if you want. Uh, you can pull it up while I read. Here goes my admission of stupidity taken from the Treehouse of Horror 2 episode of The Simpsons Season 3, first airing in 1991. <laughs> my admission of stupidity. I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt and my butt smells and I like to kiss my own butt of course that was from one of Bart Simpson's prank phone calls to Moe Sislak, owner of Moe's bar I'm stupid Okay, sure. and now secondly I, I feel like there's a that was really over the top. Again, nothing that's... nothing was untrue about that, though. Roch, yes, it's true. Rochdale, I'm sorry, let's talk about Rochdale from, from Wikipedia. Rochdale is a town in Greater Manchester, England. At the foothills of the South Pennines, 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 on the River Rook. 5.3 miles or 8.5 kilomiles northwest of Oldham and 9.8 miles or 15.8 kilomiles northeast of Manchester. Is the administrative centre of Metropolitan Brogge of Rochdale, which had a population of 211,699 in 2011. Oh. To the fans of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, that is directly from Wikipedia. Okay. I'm pretty sure you're To the fans of Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, especially those who happen to be from Rochdale, please accept my sincerest apology. (sighs) Wow. Well done, was That is a complete apology. Yeah, that is repentance to the max, man. And I didn't read any of those words wrong from that Wikipedia. I think you might have, actually. (laughs) We might have to do this again next week for the people of Oldham. (laughs) Okay. okay. <laughs> what have we said, old ham before? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Brian, um, I'm in tears, and uh, well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> right. Thank you for uh, for showing NBC how it's done. That's the main thing here. Thank you for showing them how it's done. Eat it, NBC. I was wrong. We love you. Thank you for giving us all those matches that you do, but also take a lesson. Yep. Can on we, to uh, the matches. All right, good. Let's do. Let's go right to this. Dave. Just on to the matches. Now that that's right. out of the way, let's get on to the matches. Man City 1, Chelsea nil. The lone goal in this one coming from Bernardo Silva. And let me just jump right in, right off the top. Scott's stat of the day tells you everything you need to know. And now it's time. 
time for Scott's stat of the day. The stat is zero. Zero. That's the number of shots on goal from Chelsea FC this past I week. I thought that was going to be the number of, of gesticulations Antonio Conte made from the sidelines towards any of his players all match. It is the number for a lot of Chelsea-related statistics. Peter Drury, I thought, summed it up nicely after the match when he said that Chelsea looked uh, grumpy and underwhelming. Uh, they played lifeless. Yeah. At at least. What? Um, it didn't help them that they didn't have... I mean, N'Golo Conte was not there. You never want to lose that guy. But other than that, it was... Well, it was terrible. I feel like for a long time, Chelsea represents a club who, when pushed to the wall, can can hammer down and get a result. In other words, like under stress, they always seem to do well. In this match was the first time that I could ever remember a club that completely... Number one, I think they had bad tactics from the beginning. Yeah, I can, um, we can talk about that. And, and I think the players knew it. I think I mean, I mean, think it's obvious from the yeah, result. Yeah, you know who said it? Did one of them say something? Oh, yeah, Hazard said it. Oh, okay. Um, so the tactics were... The, I mean, that was like lead discussion for everyone, especially the day after, because NBC, prior to Manchester United, Crystal Palace, went back and talked over everything. They alerted us to Jamie Redknapp, who, speaking uh, after the match, said uh, that was anti-football. It was a crime against football, what they did. Right. Um, can, can we just... Can, we, can I just jump in on this? Yeah. I'm not attacking you. I know you're the messenger yeah. of this quote. Anti football. That's a bit dramatic. What do you want? Like, what do you want? Like, well, no I'll one is you. set up as no one is set up like Liverpool. No one else in the league can do what Liverpool did to Manchester City. Which, by the way, the first time they tried to do it, they got pasted. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but you, he's. Not, I don't think he's saying that. I think it's it's well, the attitude of whatever you're doing. Do it with some vigor. Well, I think and that they but when you're Chelsea, nothing with you vigor. don't know how to do that and to do that well. Burnley, they can do it. Crystal Palace, they can oh. do it. Swansea, West Brom are the masters of it until this year. But if you're Chelsea, you've never done that before. That, that's and when you need to do it, like of course they didn't want to. I think this was just a disconnect between what a manager thought was going to be the best way for this squad to win and the players just not being on board. I. Go ahead, Brian. Well, no, I was going to say, I mean, there's lots of, I mean, there's tons of questioning of the tactics broadly. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, there's articles just about everywhere, I think, on this. But Eden Hazard is the one who, of all of all the players, one, that's probably the last guy you want uh, disgruntled here. But his were, you know, like the NBC guys said, this is particular, particularly divisive, especially given where they are right now, Conte's situation, everything going ahead. Not to mention the fact that he's, I mean, there's not a rumor about hardly anyone out there that's more serious than Hazard leaving Chelsea over the summer. Yeah. But he said, we could have played on for three hours and I wouldn't touch a ball. Uh, well, only at the <sighs> end, at the end it went better. In the last 10 to 15 minutes, we had more possession. But we should have tried to do that all game. No, but Eden Hazard is the guy who's going to be the most affected by this approach, right? So of yeah. course he's so going to say it's, that. Yeah, and it's so they, you know, that was one of the other observations that because he's starting up front, 
without, you know, with, you know, basically as, you know, instead of Giroux, instead of whoever else, you know, Murata especially that could have been out there, that they're starting from the beginning of playing a counterattack. So, of course, he's not, you know, he's not in any way a central focus, but that also brings, you know, brings more attention to the fact that he doesn't want to do that anyway. He's, you know, he, he doesn't want to play well, up there. But footballers want to play. Right. And, and I don't want to dwell on this match too long because there's, there's not a ton fantasy-wise to cover on it. We've probably right. already been on it long enough. But, but footballers want to play. And to, to ask to be just backed down and, and just not even, again, I mean, everyone probably saw that famous clip in the 74th minute where the Chelsea players are just kind of, I mean, the, the City players are just kind of tapping it around. Yeah. And the Chelsea players are walking. Now, they were mad. Even they were mad. William was mad. That it felt like there was a foul just prior to them, yeah, ticky tacking it around there a little bit. Does but again, they're just standing there, and it was like twenty seconds of of basically everyone just making a nice line. Yeah, yeah, everyone just kind of taking a break. Yeah. So, anyways, and like those guys said too, it's the seventy fourth minute when that happens, and you're down one nil. I mean, the the game is still there, yeah, kind of for you. What are you kind of like? What are you walking away from it for, Scott? My my problem with it is that. Like they're the reigning champs. Mm. They have yeah. No, they are. Technically they are. they're the reigning champs. And currently they're sitting in fifth place, five points off of fourth. Mm-hmm. Technically they made their team better in the off season. And yet they've gotten uh, worse. Now, hold that's on. up for debate. Their hold signings on. have not panned out. They've been okay. Murata was great Conti. at the beginning of the Conti year. Conti himself has been upset with his ability to sign players. Yeah, that's very true. I get it. You're not. I'm so you're not wrong. They signed guys. Well, they have not made the impact that probably he would have liked. I'm just saying. I think a lot of those guys are looking at it, thinking, "How does this city team get this much better than us in one year?" And it wasn't like City brought in a ton of people. They just they had more people playing in their side. I don't and I, I don't you feel like though this match? I mean, because it's so fantasy irrelevant. I mean, how many people are on Bernardo Silva? I don't know how many people got back in on David Silva. Nobody else does anything. Tons of people abandoned Otamendi in the past few weeks. So I don't know how many people, you know, I'm sure there's still a decent percentage. Myself that kept included. Him. Yeah. Right. I mean, but I, so yeah. it's a dropping number for the city defense. We are nobody, hardly anybody's on Ederson as it is. So I feel like this did almost nothing for, for almost anybody. Yeah. Uh, well, the Silvas. What I'm saying, right, the Silvas. But what, I, what I'm saying is for a game to end 1-0 that looked like it was so obviously, dis- it was just a, a demolition from Manchester City, where it still felt like it could have, I mean, they had a couple of, they had some chances. I mean, they didn't obviously get a, a shot on target. But uh, also, how in the world, well, I can ask a lot of questions about this today and other matches, how in the world did Zinchenko avoid a red card in the 23rd minute yeah. on a, on a, on a absolutely reckless, clearly studs up challenge on Victor <clears throat> Moses, where it was, a, if he had made contact, I think it would have been a straight red, but he didn't make any contact. I, I yeah. think that this is one of the first of a few questions that we're going to bring yeah, up for sure. of, of unsolved cards. How different is it. this game in tw- at the 23rd minute? It reminds me of Lester when Jamie Vardy gets pushed down by Vincent company, you know, earlier in the season and, and they avoid, you know, they avoid a, a, a serious penalty. It yeah. turns into just a regular yellow at that point. You've so. answered your own question, Brian, like as much as we would all like to believe that a foul is a foul is a foul. 
It's just not the case. Yeah. Light contact, 23rd minute. You put that in the 67th minute, then maybe. Yeah. But 23rd minute, the referee is never going to settle a City Chelsea match with a red card in the 23rd minute. It's not going to happen. Otamendi could have murdered a blue. It should happen. And it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It should. Hey, let's talk some fantasy relevance. The only thing, and I already mentioned it, are the Silvas. Okay. Yeah. Bernardo Silva, 7.4. His last two games, 8 and 11. Yeah. David Silva, 7.9. Last two games, eight and nine. Obviously, Bernardo Silva has been in Sterling's playing position. Yep. So Sterling has been getting healthy. He's not back yet, but he's close. Maybe at some point during this pod, we'll reference that injury. I mean, it's amazing how the how the fortunes have shifted here late in the season. That Sterling, the two top guys all season long, DeBron and Sterling, yeah. have both dropped off enough that people are probably, you know, lots of people are off of both of those guys. Sané and both Silvas are now the hot prop, hot commodities and with Aguero in that mix as well. Right. But, you know, yeah, of course it's risky. What I was going to say is what's what's really challenging for both of these teams is next week. Like I know like I, I have Hazard. They play home to Crystal Palace next week. Uh, you know, after a a week of griping here, I don't know that that heavily injured Crystal Palace you know, even with all the spunk that they have, we're really looking forward to playing Chelsea next week. Manchester City play at Stoke, who just as a reminder, beat them 7-2 to two at home earlier in the season. Every single player except Sergio Aguero basically had a great game in that game because Aguero didn't play. It's just that everyone, I know, you know, you're kind of, people are making all these moves maybe potentially in, in advance of week 31. Week 30 still has to happen. And these matchups are ridiculous for both of these teams. So I'm a little surprised that everyone's jumping so quickly. You know, Hazard was one of the big, you know, one of the guys, I know his price has already dropped from 10.7 to 10.6 since this past week. Aguero's going to drop, has dropped once already. All these guys, I mean, they could have this exact same thing next week. I mean, where you have this explosion of points from these same people. Yeah, but this is the Aguero who has continued to play. Right. I've been keeping an eye on this because I own him. Yeah. He's my second forward. He just keeps playing, and I keep playing him. And Jesus keeps keeps being available and keeps subbing in. Exactly. And next week, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get back to that same rotation next week. Boy, I hope not. That would be really annoying. Yeah, <clears throat> they got a Champions League game tomorrow. We're recording this Tuesday night. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It, it's it's tough to tell. I don't own him, so therefore I don't fret about him. But I just look. Just have some subs on the bench ready. Crystal Palace two, Manchester United three. United with a pretty sweet comeback. Townsend and PVA got the scoring started for the Eagles, but Chris Smalling, Romelu Lukaku, and. Nemanja Matic, Nema- Chris Smalling. <laughs> Couldn't remember his first name. Nemanja Matic <laughs> provide the comeback for the Red Devils. Three you points bullies. for Mourinho's side. You jerks. Man, Crystal Palace, they're, they're that little dog, man, that's just fighting. Just fighting, and then the, the, the big dog just comes and just like knocks him aside. He won't win. I don't know. Do they do a manager of the year award in the Premier League? I don't know if they do. They probably do. I don't remember. No one cares apparently because I don't. I don't know. But he's not going to. He if there was one, he wouldn't win it. But Roy Hodgson would deserve a few votes. What honestly? What what he's done with the team that's probably been the most injured. You know. Yeah. Hey, did even- you see the NBC the the pre match 
uh, the graphic they had the of their injury quality starting 11. Both Sockos, Punchin, Loftus-Cheek, Joel Ward, Scott Dan, Fosumenza was ineligible to play. Johan Kabai, heck, throw Connor Wickham in there. Of course, Zaha. They had a they had a they had an eleven that was quality and Speroni. They had a quality right. eleven of starters who are all probably better than their current. Who starters. are all gone for the some of them <laughs> gone for the rest of the season. It's amazing. So, I mean, this is like how they how they were able to put this together. I mean, they said it prior to the show. I think it was you know it was uh, Kyle Martino and and. And Rob, Robbie uh, Heiner. What's the other Robbie? Musto or Earl? <laughs> Robbie Musto. No, they just said the the first you know the first twenty minutes were really were really crucial for for Manchester United. That the longer that it, the game went on, the more comfortable Crystal Palace would feel. So it was important for them to get off to a fast start. And it, everything happened the wrong way for United. And stupid idiots battled back. Yeah, it's just like Palace ran out of gas. Yeah. Well. What's amazing is Andrews Townsend finally scores, yet it, it took a deflection to score. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sad. Hey, Patrick Von Anholt is either stone cold or or he just missed the kick. That goal yeah. that he went near post right there, that was either completely ballsy or he just missed it. Well, and it was all uh, set up by a quick free kick. Yeah. yeah. That, by Schlupp. <laughs> that yeah. pissed Mourinho off so much. Oh, One fantastic. of many. One of many emotional outbursts from Josie Mourinho on the sideline, which is kind of unusual for him. Yeah. Hey, is he getting banned? No. Yeah. <coughs> he kicked the bottle? Rumor has it, potentially, as we record, it's, it's a possibility. He knew as soon as he did it, he wasn't supposed to. I hope they wouldn't. I don't like the guy, but I hope that they don't. Yeah. Hey, uh, how, about, how about Sanchez and Pogba? Well, everybody was kind of in right. on it this time, except Lingard. Really, yeah, and he was like the only guy who didn't uh, who didn't do something for you. If he's of the guys that were like uh, owned, but yeah, I mean, you got returns from just about everybody in this game. Sanchez Luke, had one Luke, of the most unusual bounces off the crossbar I've seen, maybe yeah. ever. Um, and Lukaku scored again, so here we are, yet another week. Where it probably yeah. would have been the right move to have Romelu Lukaku still right. in your lineup. Yeah, maybe I, there might be some better options, but there might not be many. I don't know. It it just look. United has a lot of players that I don't want any part of yeah. right now. Pogba based on form, Lingard playing time, Sanchez form and price. Yep, and Martial hurt in playing time. Yeah, Martial. Uh, I mean, did we, we know about, about that injury in, the, in advance? What's that? Did we know about that injury? In oh advance? no, not even a little bit. Not yeah. until I'm pretty sure it wasn't until day of. Yeah, of course. At the most, you heard about it the day before, but he didn't even travel with the team. Yeah. Hey, there is. Oh, and we can talk. Uh, we if you want. Do you want his specific? He's in the injury roundup. You want to know what it's what it said of him specifically? Pre-match, Mourinho. Uh, he got nearly Pep Guardiola specific because he said <laughs> he's injured. I don't know the extent of it. Yesterday, he felt that he wasn't right. Oh. Fingers crossed that he didn't injure his something like David Silva did earlier in the season. Oh, when you <laughs> injure the something. I mean, that's the most information that you have on the guy right now is that he felt he wasn't right. So doesn't that, doesn't even make the bench. There is one midfielder United, that plays for United that I would consider. McTominay. And Scott is going to love this. Of course. His name uh, is Scott McTominay. 
Why? He is 4.2, and uh, he's playing. You can't just have a team of cheap people <laughs> who don't score. <laughs> yes, That's very can. true. Unbelievable. You know what's sad? Crystal Palace lost for the first time in their Premier League history when leading by two or more goals. That's dumb. Wow. That's and then given stat. their history of completely well, bombing every match against Manchester it, United, it makes it even more annoying. It took a moment of magic from Modic. This is what I don't understand. Why do people, and I mean footballers, give other footballers time to size up shots and launch them at their goalkeepers? That's right. Like they, I don't remember which Palace player was cl- was was close enough to Modic, but whoever it was, they didn't charge fast enough. Modic had time to size it up and then completely just smoked it. And it was a fantastic shot. Brian, you watch yeah. more NBA basketball. This is not a basketball podcast, but you watch more than any of the other two of us here. Uh, do guys defend Steph Curry at 28 feet out, despite the fact that that is in his range? I mean, I feel like people are always wary of him now. at this point. Yeah, I mean, because I think... Because that's I, the same reason why Modic wasn't defended, literally at... 28 yards out or whatever it well, was. Yeah. You know, it's funny, not, I mean, not to drag this even longer that this is an NBA basketball podcast, but something that you see, uh, there are videos of almost every player that's a professional doing things that they may, in practice, that they may not do during a game. And the one I'm thinking of right now that's really popular was JaVale McGee, who's enormous and plays for the Warriors. And in the game, he's a you know he's a five foot guy. I mean, he's playing within like in and around the basket only. Really, there are practice videos of him where he's shooting like repeatedly corner three pointers and draining every single one of them. And it's like that would never happen in the game. But just as a reminder, that's a pro. So right. I think it's probably more like that, where it's like you wouldn't want that guy to be able to do that free. But he's a pro. But at the same time, like if you had to pick your guy that's on the field to do that, yeah, Modic is as good as anyone, you know, if he's going to take a wild shot like that. But he's still a pro. Yeah. And obviously he's good enough to put it right where it counts. Well, right. this shot's not going to go in the next nine times he takes that's it. That's true. It's probably true. That traje- much time to size it up. No, did you see the trajectory on that ball? Yeah, no, it was ridiculous. Sure. The first five yards, I think the ball did a loop. <laughs> it was insane like the old bugs bunny screwball <laughs> yes yes what well, yeah. we were promised when dice came matsuzaka came to the united states to this pitch is not a baseball podcast this is not a baseball podcast but like that's what happened and then it went into the upper corner it was insane Isn't that ball like misses it? that ball goes into the upper deck the next nine times he kicks Isn't it. Isn't it like when everyone yells for Xhaka to, to shoot when they used to before Arsenal right. fans all went home? Sure. Isn't it like yes. our, isn't it like <laughs> isn't it like when when they would scream for Xhaka to shoot out yeah. some way outside? Yeah, because yeah, because he had hit one before. Yeah. Hey, listen, bringing this back for fantasy relevance. Chris oh. Smalling at at four five point four. Is he the new Phil Jones? Chris Smalling has not left the lineup. Yeah. Despite. Eric Bailly now yep. being back healthy. And that's what I was going to bring on up. On the bench. They keep conceding goals. So the only reason we're talking about him is because he had an absolutely free header. It hasn't. Yeah. The last few games they've conceded. Right. But before, I mean, but it hasn't been consistently that they've been conceding like Chelsea. No, they had, they had, they have still have the most clean, clean sheets. I, but I don't know. I it's It just makes me nervous with him. One more name, Lindelof. 
on defense. You don't no. want Lindelof. Four point no. nine. He started the no. last two matches. It's no. the same as Luke Shaw. Okay. No way. Uh, I'm going to give out my first fantasy half point before we move on to Wayne Hennessy. We established already this is not a basketball podcast, but if it was, we would be talking talking about his posterizing block on yeah. Alexis Sanchez. And so even though this isn't an NBA podcast, I want to go ahead and recognize that epic two-handed uh, <laughs> stuff block on Alexis Sanchez by Wayne Hennessy. That was by a good angle. Him, he picked a good angle. He did, giving him my first honorary but meaningless fantasy half point on this show. Well um, done, Wayne. And we don't have to talk about it right this second, but but Jeffrey Schlupp and... Uh, and Do we Pat- ever want to talk about Well, this? just that Patrick Van Onholt and Jeffrey Schlupp are two of those guys that... Schlupp's playing as a midfielder, but he has defensive. He's playing as a defender. I'm just saying for week 31, where they have not a terrible matchup. That's one of those guys. That's one of those guys to kind of. I was keeping my eye on. He did come back. He was subbed off at like 70 minutes or something like that. That free hit is going to bring so many non-ownable, unownable players out of the woodwork. It's going to be amazing. Listen, I was just thinking about something. And uh, it literally just hit me now. Instead of playing the free hit on game week 31, would you be better off to play it when all these teams play their double match weeks and you load up with an entire team of double match We should talk about that in a strategy podcast next week. Interesting. What do you know? I think we're going to. Before we go to the next match, uh, we need to make sure that we hear a, a word from our sponsors okay this show is brought to you by sl hardwoods take it away wayne hi i'm wayne hennessy starting goalkeeper at crystal palace those silly guys at the fantasy soccer fc podcast they're always joking around about my woodworking company and how how much i struggle to keep things out of the woodwork that's why i was proud to be the representative for SL Hardwoods on their most recent episode of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. SL Hardwoods is the largest quality hardwood supplier in South London. Situated near Croydon, they supply timber locally and across Great Britain. They offer joinery quality timbers to the public, hobbyists, and small builders. Along with hardwoods, they sell adhesives to wood carving tools and wood polishes. Their factory shop is located at 1 Tate Road in Croydon. You can give them a call at 020-3051. Four seven nine four. SL Hardwoods, endorsed by me. Free advertising from Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> Wayne Hennessy. <laughs> Holy Croydon. cow! Man, I knew Croydon was full of hardwoods. That's amazing. How would you know uh, that? I I ended up getting in touch with his agent over yeah, yeah. the weekend. Sure, made that possible. So. That is well so awesome. It wasn't polished because he's a footballer. He's not an ad. You know, he's not an ad guy. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, no, that's good. He sounds Excellent. like your brother. Liverpool 2, Newcastle nil, a workmanlike 2-0 win, thanks to goals from Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. Tell me if you've heard that one before. Uh, is is, there, this might be along with, uh, this is like, I feel like a nothing to see here. No, Magic. there is something to see. Oh, there was one thing to see. I saw, I thought there was one thing as well. What three-pound defender are you about to endorse? You're going to take dope. Here's Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold. <laughs> Trent Alexander-Arnold. I've been saying it for weeks. I've been saying it for three weeks. <laughs> oh, brother. He got another shot. Wait, another he played shot? Another, or another game. Okay. At, he, listen, he's a 4.3. He started the last four games. 
Why not? I am going to add him. He will be on my team this week. He is also playing in match week 31. He will Do be on my team this that? week. Do you know that? Do you know that? Liverpool's playing in match week 31. Well, that's true. In my mind, <laughs> Liverpool, everyone's going to wish they could exceed the maximum three-player oh, yeah. per club rule with Liverpool in game week 31. There's no doubt about that. The fact that you're buying him this week means I will not. That's fair. No offense, but that's just kind of that's, a rule I have. That's fair. Yeah. All I'm saying is Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson both seem to have, in my opinion, locked down their positions, especially because Joe Gomez and Moreno started today in the Champions League match. Already, in my mind, solidifying that the starters and right and left back come this weekend are going to be yeah, Alexander Arnold. Yeah, and Robert. <laughs> it's not wrong. Like we talked about how Klopp's got his favorite eleven, right? And yeah. he's going to ride them. And the only reason why he didn't play the A team everywhere today was because they were already five nil up five on nil. aggregate. That's, that's exactly right. So he played the B team, which was the right thing to do. Well, not all of them, but some of the right, B team, some. which is the right thing to do. But I think you're right. I think we're going to see the same eleven. I, I still. Propose to you that Trent Alexander-Arnold has the most tenuous position among those 11 starters yeah. on, in the Liverpool squad. So I'm a little nervous about it. But you're not wrong to this point. You're well, not wrong. If, he, if the, he decides to go more defensive at any point for whatever reason, he's the first casualty. And, and, and that could be, it could be against United, right? So Liverpool's next match yeah. is, is at United. Which, of course, Scott, you remember well the result the last time. What was it? It was nil-nil. <laughs> nil-nil at Anfield. Right. So uh, no, yeah, All the right. greatest bus parking of the season so far. No, after, that's not true. There was another one. After that game, Liverpool is home to Watford. Then they're at Palace, at Everton, and then they're home to Bournemouth. And then they're, they're at West Brom. Great schedule. Okay. Yeah, the schedule's amazing. Yeah, so... Why not have as many Liverpool players as you can get? And I think Trent Alexander-Arnold, again, assuming he's playing, this needs a 4.3. There's not much risk there, but the reward is a lot of clean sheets. I'm going to stick with Virgil. I'm sticking with Virgil. I know, but he's so much more money. Sure. That's why he's my second defender as opposed to the fifth defender you're, you're endorsing. Furthermore, I think Virgil has more upside for goals on on set pieces. I mean, he's yeah, constantly sure. around no, the no, ball on those set that. pieces. Yeah, sure. So I think it's only a matter of time before you know Virgil's, Virgil drops a 10. He's going to drop a 10 at some point between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, we said before, you know, Salah's a now seemingly essential. I think his price is just going to keep going up until he's 99.99% owned. Yeah. Uh, a the Manchester question- United FPL owner will be the one guy who doesn't own him. Yeah, the question, the question is, who of those remaining guys are you going to take? I mean, the popular second choice has been Firmino. Yeah. But now, I mean, Mane sure is rounding into some nice form. I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a, a stable choice <laughs> as well. I went with Andy Robertson out of all of those guys. And Loris Karius is probably the safest of anyone who's on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. But, I mean, now, I mean, Oxlade-Chamberlain gets another assist in this game. You have, we already talked last week about Emre Chan. Like, 
you have some options here. And kind of depending on how you want to shuffle around your three guys, especially for week 31, which assuming everyone's going to do, uh, you know, you might want to take a chance on one of the guys that isn't owned as much, especially given the, the matchup and the, and the ownership. So here's the thing. Dave, you asked a strategy question about using the free hit not during game week 31, but during another time during the remainder of the season, assuming that it hasn't been played already, which hopefully it hasn't been by anyone who's listening. Because I am using the free hit where it's designed to be used in game week 31 when there will only be four Premier League matches, I am not even thinking about game week 31 right now. I continue to use my free transfers to build up the best squad for this week. I don't need to gear up my squad to get as many guys as possible from the eight clubs who are going to play in game week 31 because I'm using my free hit there. So I I am letting myself buy the best players I can including some of the guys that you're talking about from yep. Liverpool, Brian. Yep. Because I, my plan when I get to game week 31 is to think outside the box because the top point scorers are not going to just be the standard guys. You've got to think through what will the results be and how will those results happen. For instance, if you think Crystal Palace is going to give up or is going to earn a clean sheet, then you are going to have to think who will start at defense for Crystal Palace. Yeah, like you got to think outside the box. Don't just think inside the box on this. And so, it who you buy from Liverpool depends on when you're going to use your free hit. And if you're building up to not having to use it for game week 31, you're going to have to think really hard about who you're going to buy because the standard guys like Firmino and Salah and Karius, and mm-hmm. then insert three other Liverpool players here those might not be the best point scorers that week. Yeah. Like everyone is going to have to just make a guess as to what's going to happen by accordingly. It's literally a free hit by accordingly and hope for the best. Now that's one thing. Number two, if Jamal LaSalle's does anything next week, he will have Graham he and his FPL owners mm. will have Graham Scott refereeing this match to thank for it. Now, it might have seemed like an insignificant play. It was a little funny to see how much the mood around Anfield, starting with Klopp and then everywhere else across the stadium, changed at the end of this match, despite the fact this was a 2-0 win, because Salah didn't get the the, the foul call. Yeah, how in the world did he avoid a a red. Lascelles should have earned a red. There's no doubt about that. Graham Scott was out of position, which which stands to reason. I mean, if Salah's too fast for defenders, he's too fast for referees. Graham Scott had no idea what happened, couldn't see it, didn't see it. His panic-stricken eyes looking towards the camera to the linesman who is who is supposed to be there, ready to make that call told the story. He had no idea what happened. The linesman kept the flag down. Graham Scott kept the whistle in his pocket, so to speak, and nothing got called. If Jamal Lascelles scores next week or gets an assist or if he starts and Newcastle earns a clean sheet, you have Graham Scott to thank for that ability at all. They were very well could. They play home to Southampton, so you never know. Easily could happen. Tottenham 2, Huddersfield nil. Son rewards his patient owner's with a brace. Speaking and of, I'm speaking speak, with a smile on my face because I'm one of them. You sound like one. Speaking of workmanlike performances, this is another one. 
Just chugging along. Just doing just what needs to be done. Put them out there. Business done. No injuries. Get out of there. Uh, yeah, sun was good. Everyone was good. The stars were good. Uh, Erickson was good, but not rewarded for it. Yeah. Um, you got your clean sheet again for anyone who has, you know, Vertonghen was back, so you saw him. REA started this time instead Davis. of... Ben Davis still out there again. One of the most, still one of the most transferred in guys uh, of anyone. Um, I know FPL is still issuing their same warning about potential of Sun losing his starts or losing some minutes. Sun looked good. That's the best he's looked. But I mean, he's just he's just he's just showing him his quality still over and over. Anyone who kept him was waiting for this double digit points. You yeah, you're waiting for this... him to come back to, to to Wembley. No, but this is the thing. That's true. He scored more goals now at Wembley than White Hart Lane. But this is the thing. We talk every week about who to buy, who to sell. We mm-hmm. give you loads of names of players that you might want to consider owning. Obviously, you have one free transfer a week yeah. unless you have, play your wild card. So we talk about more guys than you can possibly, possibly buy unless you're taking tons of negative fours. There is still something to be said, and I know that I'm the guy who keeps saying this, uh, and I haven't said it in a while, so I need to say it here. There's something to be said for having a core of guys on your team that you just own all year long. And at the end of the year, they're going to finish second in this position and first in this position and fourth in this position and maybe sixth in this position, and you're going to have earned every single one of those points through the ones and twos to the 11s and 12s because you stuck with those guys all year long. Sun is one of those players that you could do that with. He's going to finish top 10 in midfield scoring. I'm calling it now. And if you kept him, if you owned him this past weekend, if you kept him through all of the zeros through the threes that he's been getting for the last two months, he made up for it in one week. I wish I would have listened to my own advice from... A few weeks ago, when what, I, I what said I wanted to wait until, wanted to wait until after, uh, I wanted to wait until after some of their tough matches were over, and then get him back in, and I yeah. and I didn't. Well, Scott, you said that you would make a bet that he finishes a season as a top ten scorer in the midfield. Uh, it's easy to say that when he's already currently ranked number seven. He's not required to stay there. He's That's not true. He is not. He's got um, he's got now, Leroy Sané, Pascal Gross, and Deli Ali right behind him. David Silva, David Silva, right I'm gonna, behind that. I'm going to take advantage of this moment and ease my way into some points per pound value. Okay, okay, do it, man. So I did some ran some calculations, you know, uh, did some very complex math, and uh, on on the top the top ten players in each position. So what I wanted to also do was, I didn't, I didn't make all these changes, but I wanted to see if I could take the top five players, or, or top three strikers, top five midfielders, top five defenders, of points per pound, and then put those on on a team and have enough value to get them there. It was re- really close. I couldn't squeeze them all in there. The fifth defender, I couldn't get in there. I was about $2 off. But... Son made that points per pound team as as being a top five points per pound guy at seventeen point three seven points per pound. So, uh, in in to give you some some reference, Salah 
Now, Salah has scored 55 more points than any other person in Fantasy Premier League. So literally, like Brother Matt always says, I'm just going to leave it on Salah. He scores the most points. I'm just going to leave my captain on him Absolutely. every single week. So if you're doing that, you're doing pretty well. Okay, but Salah's points per pound are 22.16 points per pound. So Sun Sun is at a 17.37. Scott, don't look at my page. <laughs> Raheem Sterling, Raheem Sterling is in who hasn't played in how many weeks, Brian? A Been few. a while. He's second at 19.88 points per pound, and that's without him accumulating any points without him playing. So I mean, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty interesting too. Um, Scott, there is a person we have not talked about yet, and I'll mention it maybe when we get there. Yeah. But uh, there's someone who has better points per pound than Muhammad Salah. Interesting. Believe it or not. Let me ask you a question. Yes. You uh, kind of had some doubt when I made the comment that keeping Sun, like he, he made that pay off. Now, these are his last six scores. So he had a, seven matches ago, he had a 13. Prior to that, he was nine, and he had 14 prior to that. He, he had a great stretch of matches there through four four game weeks. Since then, the last six scores, 2-3-2, two, 3-1, two, mm-hmm. 16. Now, you didn't really believe me when I said Sun made this payoff if you've held on to that entire time with this 16 that he just scored. All right. Would you take an average of four and a half points per match from a second or third midfielder? I don't know. I, th- I thought th- I figured that's probably where you were going. So I was trying to think about what what my response would be. I don't. No, I I, I would want something a little better. Well, you might in, be getting in it. In fairness, I haven't done the numbers to see what would what should sure. be expected. Yes. But I feel like I'd want something a little better. All right. So let me ask you this. So four and a half points per match is what it breaks out to if you kept Sun just in those six most previous matches. Right. Factoring in the 16, obviously bumping right. that average way up. Do you believe that Sun is going to trend upward or downward moving forward? No, upward. I think he's going so to So that average is only going to get better, which is, That's you know, fair. So if you missed out on Sun because you didn't want to own him through the bad times, or you sold him Buy during him one now. of those. Buy him now. But then you missed out on the 16, and that's my point. You missed out on it, but how do you know a 14 is not coming next week? His form is fantastic. It could, and so you're right. He is definitely worth owning. My point is patience does get rewarded with good players if you just hold on to them. No, that's a good point. That's fair. I do want to give out one more fantasy half point, uh, and that's to Mike Jones. He was supposed to be the official in this match. The picture of him sitting on the sideline as the fourth official, he had to sit as the fourth official because he hurt himself in the warm-up. It was kind of pathetic. I felt like I wanted to uplift his spirits with an honorary, meaningless, but honorary fantasy half point. That's very kind. Also, Holy Harry, if he can pass like that now, he can't Great be stopped. Assist. He can't be stopped. Probably the assist of the weekend. It was fantastic. This was obviously on Sun's second goal. By the way, if Gareth Southgate does anything but cater the England lineup to Harry Kane up front, the man is a fool. This is not a World Cup podcast. Fair enough. Close your ears, Dave. Brighton 2, Arsenal 1. Lewis Dunk forgets to score in the opposing goal. Ends up bringing his goal total on the season from negative four to negative three. <laughs> Glenn Murray puts in the game winner for Brighton. Obama Yang tried what he could, 
but it wasn't enough. Three points to the Seagulls. Pascal Gross with another assist. We already said he only beats up on the crap teams. Yeah, you're right, Brian. Scott, don't spit your drink out. Uh, Yet again, a third example so far of how in the world did somebody not get sent off, uh, at minimum get another yellow card. Uh, Unsolved cards. Yeah, very much. Colashino... Cola, cola Decleating. What? What'd you say? The Colashinets. Oh, okay. Decleating Shalato. That was a shoulder tackle that Brother Matt was definitely proud of. That that That's how he played when he... Um, that's why he's called the tank. Yeah. Like, immediately when I saw that play, I'm like, that's the tank right yeah. there. That's the tank. Yeah. I, I'd be scared to death. Brighton's own paper, The Argus, reports that Shalato <laughs> will need more... will need medical clearance. To play against Everton. I mean, could, that man was clearly, clearly could, could concussed. Ha, could be concussed. Uh, in fairness, I guess, Chris Hewton said he didn't think there was anything malicious in Colashina. Doesn't matter. Doesn't intent. matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he didn't believe it deserved a red card. Right, question. Whatever. Question. At least a yellow. It's not. But she was already on a yellow. I know. Right. He should have been gone. Yes. Should have been gone. Even, <sighs> in Scott. Did did the tackle itself warrant a yellow? It was intense, Scott. No, it was not. <laughs> no one intends to get kicked out of a match. It he, was intense. Unless you're Ashley Williams. He, yeah, that was definitely what yeah. he wanted out of there. Yeah. No, he that was it was Sorry for it yelling. was it was a lot. He put his whole body into it. Maybe a slight concussion, said Chris Hewton, but he seemed okay in the changing room afterwards. There is no such thing as a slight concussion. We know this. Yeah, watch the movie. American sports fans are well aware of this, football fans in particular. Yeah, what year is it in England for them to say slight concussion? I don't know. By the way, the fact that he got that, I want to give him a fantasy half point, too. Brian, Ezekiel every, Shalana. every time I hear slight concussion, I think of Stefania Bell on the Fantasy yeah, Focus She's the podcast. best. Cringing. She's the best for Cringing. Reason. Yep. When people would say that, hey, Shalato looks like like a villain in a in a black and white, uh, like no sound movie. Silent film. Yes, Shalato is a amazing. He is a silent villain. Film villain. If you you put like a, a a top hat on him or 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 whatever, like a you know big ten gallon hat or something yes. in a western, man, Shalato's got that locked down. Or like Ryan, or like the or like the the. The bandit that's like the leader of a of a team of bandits, oh, yeah. like his right hand man, like the 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 dirtiest <laughs> gun on the on the bandits that are coming in to steal all the water oh, yeah. from your town. He's even got the name Shalato. I mean, it just it's sounds true. it it's just true. sounds villainish. Hey, Dave, Ryan, this whole this whole thing is for you, and we should probably move this along because speaking of things that were not very fantasy relevant, this whole game. Was pretty annoying. Yeah. Before we get to it, I listen. I, I prepared a statement because I, at this point things are just getting ridiculous. I wanted to bring up something. We we referenced two players uh-huh. that points per pound need to be mentioned. Yeah, we've talked about these guys a lot this year. Duncan Duffy, Pascal Gross. Oh, Gross, dumb. Has a higher points per pound ratio than Mohamed Salah, twenty two point five four. Wow. And guess who is the top striker? I mean, at this point, it's obvious in points per pound. Obama, yeah. Glenn Murray. Yeah. Glenn Murray, for value for a striker, is the highest of points per pound. So if you wanted to add, if you were going to put together a team, your three strikers, if you wanted this far into the season, 
points per pound would be these three players. Roberto Firmino, Glenn Murray, and Jordan Ayew. That's not honestly a terrible lineup. No, a terrible it's not three guys. Bad. Jordan Ayew is leading the way. Glenn Murray second. Yeah. It's definitely a uh, discount front line, but if they're scoring, they're but scoring. But they're producing. Look yeah. at yeah. their numbers. They've been producing. Dave, I want to hear your statement about your club. What do you got to say to your beloved Arsenal after this uh, particularly well, devastating th- loss? This statement is to everyone else. I okay. can't even reference Arsenal. Hello to you all. I sit before you today embarrassed and disheveled. Arsenal Football Club, founded in 1886, originally as Dial Square. Yes, that's possible, Scott. Has hit rock bottom. At least rock bottom in my lifetime. I'm not sure what exactly to do when you find yourself laying on the bottom of a pool with a millstone tied around your neck. Buy another scarf. Staring at the top of the water as the sun rays beam down, taunting you to swim to the surface. What do you do? How would you feel? Because this is the current feeling of every Arsenal fan. This millstone has a name. Can you guess it, Brian? Alexis Sanchez. Of course it's Wenger! Oh, I thought it was Mesut Ozil. One would ask, how does one find himself at the bottom of a pool with a 68-year-old millstone tied to your neck? The answer, very slowly. See, it happens so slowly that you don't even realize anything is happening at all. And then when you do, it feels like it will take a miracle to save you. And this is where Arsenal Football Club is today. So in closing, please be kind and loving to any Arsenal fans you know, because regardless of how they look on the outside, they are drowning on the inside. Thank you very much. Hmm. I guess. Do you wish you guys had lost the FA Cup last spring instead of won it? I don't even know anymore. Honestly, it, it it it's so ridiculous at this point. Do you want to win the Europa League this year? I don't know how to answer that. I don't. I, I don't want to see them lose. I'm tired of seeing them losing. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel like this past weekend it was a proper side that was put out there, and they didn't perform. And, and, and so are they not performing for the manager? Do the players care? Petr Cech had some hor- two horrific goals let, let in. Yeah. He's let in more in his career at this point in the season than And anywhere. to his credit, he came out and apologized for it. He literally said, yeah. I let everyone down, and I feel horrible about it. And he, may, he mainly talking about his teammates, but the fans as well. Sure. I mean, so it just feels like something that's like whatever can go wrong is going wrong every single time they go on the field, even if everyone has good intentions. That's what it feels like. So do you think that the reason why Wenger said he's not going to – step down during the summer is because he just thinks we need to start over with a new season. No, he's, he's at this point, truly delusional. Um, really? Yeah. He, he's, see, I have a different take on this. He, at this, you cannot, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. And I hate this for him because what's going to end up happening, I believe is that he's going to end up sullying his reputation mm-hmm. because of stubbornness and or just being blind and not realizing what's actually happening when everyone else sees it around him. And it, what it's going to take is a string of results like this happening. Listen, Milan's coming off. They play, what, Thursday. Milan's coming off 
six or seven, maybe more wins in a row. I mean, they're in fantastic form. And Arsenal is the worst form that I've ever seen since I've been following the club. Yeah, 2002. So I cannot imagine they go to Milan and get a result this week. That would be the shock of shocks if that happens. Do they have the talent? Sure. But would it, will it happen? I don't think so. What's the one trophy that Wenger hasn't won that you think he wants to win? I mean, I guess Europa, but I mean, why would you? No, want no, to no, win not that? this season. In general, in general, the, the league cup. He's never won that. Come on, <laughs> what? you said he's never won. Well, okay, uh, the, 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 he wants to win again. Well, he's never he won the Premier League title. Okay, I think that's the you. that's thank the, the, the I believe it's the hardest way, uh, title to win. I think he is like a gambler addicted to gambling, where at some point. When a gambler hits a losing run, he needs to know when to step away and cut his losses. Yeah. Wenger, just like an addicted gambler, is unable to do that yeah. year after year. Yeah, well, and that's what's good. It's going to take someone. That's right. Taking it from him. And he's in the perfect place for that not to happen. Maybe. Any other club, he'd have been fired four or five times by now. Yeah. I I know. Listen, there's I blamed him for many, many things, and and before, and then some things that I haven't thought it's been his fault, but it's time. Well, Up next for Arsenal is Watford, who they lost to to one, of course. Hey, last I, time, I, I but you right, might remember that. Let's bring this to fantasy. Yeah, Aubameyang scored. Now this is two out of three games he scored in the league. Okay. Interestingly, he got all three bonus points this match from both teams. So he wasn't just scoring. He was doing other things to acquire the yeah. unsaid stats. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I played face. him, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my gosh, you got a nine? Yeah. And I almost, I was on the verge of selling him. I'm like, well, I mean, whatever. Let's give it a shot, right? I mean, what the heck? And uh, so I, I don't know. I, it, that was just really interesting. That, that caught me off guard. I mean, that, that tells me that he's trying. On some level, yeah. he's trying. Condolences to everyone who jumped on Henrik Mkhitaryan again uh, <laughs> as he continues to not yeah. do what he did that first uh, couple matches. And, it, and it's shocking. Maybe some people who, maybe United fans are saying it's not shocking to us. I know. Maybe maybe he is who we thought he was. Remember, maybe. When, Be- remember when Hector Bellerin sat down this time? Remember that, Dave? Hector Bellerin. Remember when Nacho Monreal still has back problems? Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. bad thing. This is, tough, this is tough times. Tough times. Well, I don't know if this makes it better or worse, but Arsene Wenger gets the manager quote of the week, and I'm sure you've heard him say this by now, yes, but it I needs have. to come out one more time. When you have just the trousers on, it's easy to take the trousers off as well. When you're naked completely, you have to find a shirt and try to put it on again, and then you're dressed normally again. The words of Arsene Wenger. Now, let's break this down real quick. When you have just the trousers on, it's easy to take them off as well. Okay, so now you're naked, right? And he acknowledges that. When you're naked completely, you have to find a shirt and try to put it on again, and then you're dressed normally again. Now, Arsene Wenger's literally saying here that wearing only a shirt is equal to being dressed normally. Is that a French thing, Dave? Arsene Wenger, his English isn't so good, is it? After... Coaching and managing in England for so long, and and I think I believe most French speak French uh, speaking people 
speak seem to speak English well. I just you would think it'd be better, Brian. Wonder what the true French speaking feeling is towards English. <laughs> I, I like don't know. My, my general feeling is that it's disdain. <laughs> probably. Well, the fact that I've critiqued his English probably doesn't make it any better. Burnley 2, Everton 1. An early jink so soon goal canceled out by Ashley Barnes. And welcome back, Chris Wood. Yep. Uh, welcome back, lots of guys. Welcome back, Seamus Coleman, assisting Tosun's goal. Bless ye, Seamus. Oh. May ye never take away a Burnley clean sheet from me again, <laughs> please. <laughs> So, you blessed him on that? So I see what close you did there. to I see cursing Seamus again. <laughs> really, he breaks his leg next week. I'm really, coming after you. But really, it's good to see Seamus back out there again. Um, Hey, if Harry Kane didn't have just a spectacular assist, maybe it's just for, that it was for him, Matt Lowton would have gotten it. Matt Lowton's assist on the Ashley Barnes goal that happened, the the tying goal was outstanding. Hey, those of us who have uh, Matt Lowton as our token Burnley defender were happy about the assist to make up for the lack of a clean shot. I yelled louder for that than I did for many other uh, milestone moments in my actual life. Well, that's because <laughs> West Ham lost this weekend. Your, your shadow club. Nah, we haven't discussed that, that in That was while. nothing. No, you got assist from Goodmanson and Matt Lowton. They got, you know, this is probably really encouraging for Burnley. They get goals from two forwards. So, good work. I mean, Both not named Nias. Well, I'm talking about Burnley. Oh, look, I was just a little sad he didn't play. No, I mean, he, Everton, he came on and subbed on, but he didn't play. Everton just blows right now, and everyone <laughs> sees that. Jordan Pickford had six saves. He looked I, good. <laughs> Ashley Those Williams. Hard. Happy trails, Ashley Williams. Yeah. Three match ban, not coming back till April. But honestly, what's the incentive for them blessing to, in disguise? To play him again, get him out of the lineup. Yeah, I think everyone. I think every Everton yes. fan, Everton fan is like good. He should not see the light of day in the mm. Premier League again. And I'm not being mean to him. It's he's done. He's done. It, it's too fast for him now. You want Jags out there? You want to <laughs> see Jags saying, again? I mean. But anyone behind <laughs> Ashley Williams right now is like the is like the NFL backup quarterback. This is not an American football podcast. Like everyone loves the backup quarterback, right? Yep. And I think anyone at this point would take whoever's backing up Ashley Williams at this point. I'm not saying it's a whole lot better, but Ashley Williams, he should be done. All right. Is there anything else worth mentioning? Any other Everton players? Theo Walcott. Owners? No, Theo keeps sliding. But the tough thing with Everton is that they play week 31. So. The difficulty with them is you still have quality people. Gilfie's not bad. You still have guys that are gonna that that are going to be those guys that you're gonna have to decide whether you're gonna bring them in or not. Uh, and now the the water is muddier because Leighton Baines is fit again, uh, and you're gonna have now even more decisions to make between Cuco Martina, between Leighton Baines, between any of those guys. Why so, would you still own an Everton defender? But that's what I mean. I would. I felt like that was true weeks and weeks ago. Get completely out of there. Buy Pickford if you want to buy a guy from Everton that's near the defense. The tough thing is all of those guys are affordable, and so it's just going to be a little tricky. Lots of people are already on on the ass, so 
I feel like that's already the move is probably already made if you haven't. Did you say a lot of people are on the ass? I did say that. Interesting. I want to give out another fantasy half point to Chris Cavanaugh, the referee in this match, for having the courage to give a straight red to Ashley Williams. Oh yeah, no hesitation. That was outstanding. Loved I feel like all around, even if he, even if it was, uh, even if it was a garbage play, Ashley Williams also knew it was a garbage play and walked straight off. Well, it's so. like Chris Cavanaugh did him a favor. Yep. Lester one, Bournemouth one. Josh King penalty kick is canceled out by a Riyad Mahrez curveball right into the strike zone. What a what a kick! This is not a baseball podcast. Uh, how in the world did Wilfred and Didi not get called for a penalty when he pushed Charlie Daniels down? When in the match did it occur? The fifty second minute. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the referee was in a bad position. Other good stat here. Harry Maguire took seven shots in this game. <laughs> That's impossible. Only one on target. Lester but took he 23 took, as yeah. a club. Four on target. Hey, listen, we referenced this last week. Mares scored. I was say, we yeah. literally yeah. said last week, yeah. when Mares scores, yeah. when do you, you buy him? To see? When do you buy him? Well, we talked about, too, I mean, last week, I mean, despite not scoring, he still was the obvious pure attacking threat he had the most shots of anyone last week he had four shots this time three of them on target all three bonus points 10 total fantasy points yeah. this time i don't know man and and, and, he a, was and again mobbed by his team and yet again another another reminder that lester is one of the teams who has an outstanding schedule going on they could they're the favorites for seventh i mean i want my heart wants burnley to get a europa spot but Lester's probably going to end up finishing. Uh, look, look, Sterling's been rotting on my bench, right? I just haven't been able to get to a place to transfer him out. Yeah, it's probably going to happen this week. Would should I look at Sane or Mares? Because Sane's eight point five, Mares is at eight point seven. Mares's and Sane's both both their prices are only going up. So, who's the better buy? I don't think it's bad either way. Leicester play out West Brom next week, which was a 1-1 also in the reverse fixture. Guess who scored Leicester's goal in that one? I'm sure Mares, right? It was Mares. Yeah. So I don't feel like that's I don't feel like it's bad either way. I mean, Sané didn't I mean, obviously this week didn't do anything, but hasn't stopped everyone from buying him anyway. Tough Scott, call. Sané or Mares if you had to pick. In reality, I'd probably buy Sané because I'm Mares is on my all hatred team. Okay. It's led by Lukaku, anchored by Mares. Um, Not Delhi? Uh, Delhi's right there, too. Okay. Yeah, Delhi's, I, Delhi's say, right I feel like Delhi would be leading that charge. I really want to do this next year, by the way. I want to have all these on all hate teams. Team? Absolutely. Well, all hate, all American, all discount, all J's. Like, just, just, let's just load up on all these different themed yeah. teams. Okay. Um, honestly, I don't think you can go very wrong. It's just a matter of who's going to score more points. Maybe I would, I would buy Leroy Sané if I were him. Okay. Uh, I kind of found myself as, uh, Riyad Mahrez is running into the arms of Claude Puel. I was kind of wanting Claude Puel to like rise up Vince McMahon style and just land a right hook into the running <laughs> Riyad Mahrez. Like, wow. I thought that would have been amazing. Okay. I would have given... All the entire bushel of fantasy half points to Claude Puel if that had happened. Swansea four, West Ham one. My goodness, what a list. Key, Vanderhorn, Andy King, remember him? Jordan Ayu, late penalty kick, Mikhail Antonio, all of these goal scorers. But what a win for the Swans. Yeah. 
Uh, don't forget Andre Ayu. As soon as he comes back to his, comes back home he, he to assist. To assist. I mean, it was this was an IU front line. Yep. Good what has happened to Swansea City? They have magic it in their It started new when they beat Liverpool, and then they beat Arsenal, and they just continue this rolling train. Now, obviously, they, they had a lull. It was last week, right? But goodness gracious, it just continues. And how about a week for the two South Koreans in the league? Both Sun and Key, Key had a goal and an assist this match. Let me remind you that the last four weeks, Key's scores have been 8, 11, 2, and 13. Let me also remind you that he has a 4.9. He's cheap. Really cheap and been... Has anyone else scored better points in the last four weeks than 8, 11, 2, and 13? I would doubt that. Probably not. And he's doing this on a Swans team that is absolutely trending up. Yeah. So yeah, Steve, uh, NBC, why not buy Key? Yeah, that was one of the big things. NBC had Steve Bauer from BBC Match of the Day on, and that was one of his. That was one of the first things they talked about was just what what a turnaround it's been for them, and how all of a sudden they went from the team that everyone just assumed was relegated you know, several weeks ago. It wasn't even that long ago. And now it's like with momentum, with the way that the players are coming together, with everything about them, they seem like a sure shot, you know, staying up. Like the question is how high do they go? I mean, they're just playing. They're just playing. It's unbelievable. It makes me wonder what is sun and key both drinking. (laughs) They know they are on fire. Both of them. What's going on? I don't know, but it's because of Swansea. Uh, trending upward, that someone surprising is going to end up getting relegated at the end of the year. Right now, it's Crystal Palace in that 18th yeah, spot. That stinks. Um, Winston Reed pulled off the most unfortunate double of the season. Oh boy, his that was ugly. Hurting his head and his knee. Yeah. On the same play. <laughs> yeah, David yes. Moyes said they're more they're more obviously more concerned about the knee. Only, he was knocked yeah, out. Only but. you only say that if you believe that. A slight concussion is a thing. Right, exactly. No, this is, uh, you know, it's too bad that Antonio had to blow the, the clean sheet for Swansea. Uh, but still, I mean, I feel like all the same guys are still really ownable. Um, I was glad to see. I mean, even going into the next, especially next week, Jordan Ayew, Swansea play at Huddersfield. I feel like all these same guys, especially if you wanted to take a chance. I mean, I don't feel like that's a bad swap on, on the bottom of your bench in the midfield to go from, say, Milivojevic to, to Key. Or or like Jordan Ibe, who's again been riding on my bench. That's your decision, trying, man. Well, just, it's just trying to get him out of there. Man, right. Anyone for Jordan Ibe. Trying to try not to take a minus four and to get him out of there. Right. So, no, I, I, I like that. Antonio came like off the bench decision. again in this one, right? Yes, he did. And scored again. Super sub Antonio keeps subbing on and keeps scoring goals for West Ham. I wonder if he is going to start here sometime soon or if they're Even just Even if gonna... he doesn't, should we buy him? I feel like He's they're scoring. Gonna... Well, everyone was all over Marco, and I said even before, I was. I don't know why everyone was jumping on him, especially last week whenever they're, you know, they were... Who'd they play last week? Liverpool? It was Liverpool. They lost 4-1 four, four yeah. to Liverpool. Last, I said that last week. Back-to-back 4-1 losses. Right, I said that last week. I don't know why everyone's jumping on Marco whenever you knew he was going to... Because his price went up going into the Liverpool match. So you like this matchup better on on paper. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you know, given recent form, you don't... in the things that have happened, you know, 
for Swansea at home, you don't love West Ham going in with bad form to Swansea. But either way, I don't I don't think anyone expected four one Swansea. They host Burnley this coming week, and I'm willing to give Marco a chance in that one. Yeah, home match. We'll see what happens. Southampton nil, Stoke nil. And that's really all there is to it. Oh, no. I have three. Oh, no, Scott. All right. I have three things to say. How about them Stoke defenders? All right. Oh, yeah. Dave, since How about them? Listen, do you know how much crap I've been taking? The Stoke defenders, Jack Butlin leading the Stoke defense for the it. Jack Butland is the Stoke defense. <laughs> that is fair. That is so fair. That's the most fair thing you said all evening. Now listen, the, if Jack Butland would not have given away an own goal last week, Stoke would have had four clean sheets out of their last six matches. Just want that to be known. Now, they're playing City this week, so sell them all. But I just wanted to say, <laughs> I said this multiple weeks ago, and I've been mocked. No, you're going to buy them back in week 31. They're one of the week 31 teams. No, because the, the Stoke schedule, the, the remaining way is, no, it's is not, not great, nice. But, you know, they, still have a, they still have an okay matchup in two weeks. Sure. You're not buying them next week. Uh, I was going to say, Dave, since Arsenal have officially removed themselves from mattering in the Premier League the rest of the season, Seriously. do you want to switch your Arsenal moment to a let-me-gloat-about-Stoke-City-Defenders moment? Yes. That can be and should be should have been regular uh, regular Scott. Stuff. I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna have a moment to laugh your head off because James Ward Prowse was benched for this one. It finally it, it finally <laughs> happened. I'm I'm just tired of saying the words I told you so. That's all. I actually had three uh, other I actually had three other things I wanted to focus on in this. Different match. than those things. None of them are fantasy related. Okay, okay. So forgive me for a moment. First of all, I have to award the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week award to Sofian Buffal. Yeah, he Not did. only did he miss a pretty reasonable header, but when he missed it, he pouted just like Raheem Sterling did inside the six yard box yeah. a couple of weeks did, ago. Did you see how high he jumped? Yeah. He yeah. has got some ups. Brian, he's only like five foot six. So he was skying through the air. He was flying, still below. He was still below Harry Maguire, though. I kind of wish he would have made the goal, so it wouldn't have given Stoke. <laughs> I know, right? That would have yeah. been amazing. Uh, next, Shakiri was bossing around his teammates oh, and yelling at them like like he's desperate because he doesn't have a relegation clause in his contract. Like that's what it felt like to me. Like he, I can't get relegated because I'm missing this in my contract. You need to play. I'll tell you what, he was right to scream at Diouf on the play where he screamed at Diouf. That's true, but you but, know what's funny? But you're but you sound like you're right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Diouf, I'm giving out my final fantasy half point of this episode. Yeah. To Wesley Hoot, because Diouf stomped on Hoot's yeah. foot. That was trash. It was. And Hoot like pushed him away, but largely kept his cool uh-huh. until later. When he plowed into him, it was earned a, a foul, but plowed right into him and ended up dislocating Juve's shoulder. Yeah, if it was if that that was a Zlatan Tyrone Mings. Yes, exactly right. But Scott, I'm glad that you've turned because before you did not like it when Zlatan waited till his perfect moment <laughs> to take it back on Mings. And now you finally realize that Wesley Hoot has waited his time 
to take his shot. This shouldn't shock anyone, but I didn't like it when Zlatan did it because I don't like Zlatan. <laughs> okay. There yeah. are the words. Uh, there you go. That, that was trash. trash. But with Wesley Hoot, I was I was proud. Sure. Now, obviously, no one wants to see anyone get hurt. A dislocated shoulder is a painful thing. Joof was in a ton of pain. But Wesley Hoot did it the right way. Listen, You're going to get revenge. Do it uh, this way. There is a reason why they, Brian, and we all know who they are, say what goes around comes around. Uh, over under four goals for Manchester City next week at the Bet365 Stadium. Didn't they thrash him last week? It was 7-2. Seven seven two. Two. Seven two. Good Lord. Will they score more or less than four? I thought you were going to put the number at five. No, I want four. I'm saying that th- things are weird in the Premier League. Stoke is desperate. Listen, that, listen and, they're, and they're more and they're much more healthy than some, they were. Sometimes, sometimes is is uh, brother Matt and I. Have, man, I've referenced brother Matt multiple times this pod, but oftentimes, we, and we've said this before, the things you think will happen don't happen. Right? Like it seems like City will come in and just completely roll them. Not only that, we're late enough in the year where there's weird results. This is a Monday match at Stoke, and and I, so it'll be a night match. It won't be an afternoon. Correct. And City's got the league locked up. I mean, why do they give a crap about that game when they got the the Champions League staring them in the face? Untouchable, man. Make it untouchable. I guess. I just think it's interesting strategy for next week because Liverpool have to play at Manchester United. So I don't know how eager you're going to be to. I mean, I I get consistent performance, but. I don't know how comfortable you're going to be hoping that Salah goes for ten again, you know, at uh, you know at Manchester United. Maybe it's just when you have when when this is a perfect example of another matchup next week where Stoke Stoke are primed, you know, just because they you know just because they've been a little bit better here recently doesn't give me any confidence that they can do good against Manchester City at home next week. The answer to your question, as far as I'm concerned, is under under four. Right. Okay. I probably would, too. If you made me put money on it, I would, but it's really difficult. It's okay. a Monday match. They're not scoring more. All right. Watford won. West Brom nil. Troy Deeney scores. Are you ready for the injury roundup? Deeney, welcome back, Will Hughes. Uh, assisting, Assist, right? Ass- yeah. yeah, first game back since he injured himself forever ago. What he said felt like a season ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Three goals in four weeks now for Dini, not to mention six straight matches of 90 minutes. Back-to-back three bonus points for Troy Dini. Uh, should be on some radars, I would guess, because he's 6.3. That's interesting. Yeah, it's weird. All of a sudden, hey, how about, uh, all how about of a sudden he's Dini interesting again. Leading the the dad bod crew. He's a, he's a, he's a hefty dude. I mean, he, he's not an in-shape dude. West Brom sucks. Yes, they do. Uh, and they're wh- fighting. And uh, I'm so glad that they're getting relegated. And Pardue is probably going to lose his job. If they can find any kind of replacement, he's losing his job. Injury roundup. You guys ready for an injury Absolutely. roundup? Absolutely. Sure. Howdy, partners. It's the injury roundup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we didn't mention it during uh, during Chelsea and Manchester City, but and we did mention that he was injured. But N'Golo Conte missed that match due to what they was what they said was illness. That's why they had to play so defensively. Um, Telegraph reporting that the club was way more concerned because he actually fainted in the dressing room after training last Friday. That's not good. Obviously, with Italian news, 
this yeah. past week. The story uh, that yeah. that was became a little bit uh, more. Well, and also, you know, for Lester, the story was always, I can't get him to slow down. That was always Rainier's thing. Like, I yeah. can't get him to slow down. He's just running all over the place. He's running all over the place. So for that to happen is mm-hmm. scary Yeah, for a guy like that. Uh, it's even more scary because he's a guy like thankfully, that. Thankfully, all of uh, his cardiology tests, according to the article, all of them came back clear, and he is in contention to return this weekend. But that was uh, a scary bit, I'm sure, for everybody. Like we said, Nacho's still out with back inflammation. This is probably two more, at least one more Premier League match, probably two more real matches. Uh, Raheem Sterling and Fernandinho uh, both could be available for the match Wednesday against Basel, which is right now the most you can say about their availability for Sunday at Stoke. So... Uh, again, no rush to get them back. Pep Guardiola's weeks are, are what they are. Um, you won't know until tomorrow how healthy either of those guys are. Uh, Jose Mourinho said several days ago about Phil Jones. No Phil Jones. And he also added him to the list with Marcus Rojo and De- Daly Blind. Pretty matter-of-factly, he said it. No, hmm. no Phil Jones, no Marcus Rojo, no Daly Blind. I think that's about where Phil Jones is. Like, no timetable, I think, is the exact right way to put it. Interesting. Um, Who knows when you're going to see him again. Uh, And we said Anthony Martial. uh, We talked about how he just didn't feel right. That can come and go. I'll bet he could feel better sometime really soon. Uh, That's really it. Those are the main guys. I feel like we talked about just about everyone else that was wow. injured in the matches, but those are the names of any kind of significance that were left over. That's All your right. injury right Thanks, Brian. Up. Appreciate that. Scott, anything else? People can find us at all the Fantasy Soccer FC outlets. That's exactly right. Um, we're going to be back next week to review Game Week 30, but we're also going to talk about what's to come in game week 31. It's, That's going to be some fun things to discuss. The Fantasy Premier League did a great thing to change up the chips and to create this free hit. It's actually a great thing. It was custom built for game week 31. So if you haven't played it yet, that's when you're going to play it. We're going to talk about it. It, it's, it turns Game Week 31 into a wonderful strategy. Well, you might not want to. It'll a wo- be interesting. No, that's not true. Just saying. No, you're going to play it. It's going to be a wonderful strategy week as opposed to a survival week, which is what it usually is. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good thing. We'll talk about it, and get we'll get you ready for it next week. All right. Sounds fun. All right. Well, listen for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>